Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. Becca, once newbie and now experienced enforcer, she's hatched out of her egg and manages business with authority and a smile. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Hello, everybody. This is the BBC Between Both Cheeks. Yes, we mean those cheeks. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Between Both Cheeks and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. Today, I have Becca, our enforcer, with us, (laughs) and I am Luba, your host, and we have a very special guest today, model, actress, host, supermodel of the world, Miss Danny Reeves. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Supermodel of the world. I don't know. Yes, you are. Oh my God. I love the introduction. Thank you ladies for having me. This is so exciting. Of course. And what people might not know is you're not only supermodel of the world, you were also our bright model for our very first campaign that we shot just over a year ago. It's just been a year. Yeah, thank you so much for having me be a part of that. And oh you guys God. haven't checked it out. It's so beautiful. It's one of my favorite campaigns that I've done in a 20-year career. Wow. wow. It was just it just had such a gorgeous feel to it and so lively and very relatable. And the products, of course, are are great as well. So thank you for having me. Be oh, a part we of loved that having you. We're so happy that you said yes. And we love, we love the campaign. We love your testimonial yeah. and your video and everything in it. Yeah. So we're still using it a year later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. are. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's timeless. Yes. Yeah. So you just said a 20 year career. First of all, I don't think that's true because you're way too young. You look way <laughs> too young. <laughs> camera is very far away no um yeah I started I started when I was really young in high school and I was actually just I don't like to say discovered but I don't know why that I always say that um such an old terminology right but uh I was actually competing for Miss Iowa Teen USA and the host and the choreographer of the pageant was actually a big modeling agency and our agent. And she was the one who founded Ashton Kutcher, who's from Iowa. No and his story is so cute. Uh, that's another day. But, uh, and then Carly Kloss as well. She's a big time supermodel, huge supermodel. And yeah, so anybody kind of in the Midwest, she, she like, that was anyway. So she uh, took me to New York. Yeah. And I was signed with Ford Model Management, and wow, my huge. career, my career kind of took off uh, after that. And I have lived all over the world, in some of the most amazing cities all over the world, and I've got to do some of the coolest 
the coolest things ever. Uh, I love the fashion industry and, and what it has done to my life. And, mm-hmm. and also the Miss Universe organization as well, because that's kind of where it all started is in pageants. Right. Mm-hmm. So did you, were like when you were quite young, like, did you want to model? Did you know that that's something that you wanted to do or you kind of fell into it? You want maybe want to do more of the pageant stuff and then it just became I definitely watched Miss USA every single year with my mom mm-hmm. and it was really exciting for me. I don't know the glitz and glamour of it all. And I knew that you had to have a certain GPA and you had to be really involved in your community. And I don't know, ever since I was young, I always was very active in school. And so I thought that that was just something right up my alley. And the girls were so glamorous and beautiful mm-hmm. and had this stage. I don't know. I, I'm a strong believer that you are born with these abilities. And I already knew at a young age that I kind of wanted to be a public speaker and interview and like be on stage. And that was kind of the direction. I did not know that I wanted to be a model until that agent, Mary Clark, uh, proposed the idea and then it like now is I couldn't even imagine my life without right. the modeling career. Yeah. So you're kind of swept off your feet into this whole like New York lifestyle. How big was the town, the city that you were living in at that time? Like before you went to New York? My town was a thousand people. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my graduating class were 22 people. <laughs> Whoa. My hometown is Hamburg, Iowa. So I'm assuming it was settled by the Germans. I actually don't know that information, but um, Hamburg, Iowa, graduating class of 22 people. But to be honest, girls, I, I love, I love this part. Like growing up in a small town and such a small school, which is really sad right now. They're weren't no longer it's no longer there small cities have been consolidating with larger towns or the surrounding towns around them to create a bigger school district and that's kind that's what happened to my school after I graduated but I had the opportunity to go to this small school and when you do that everybody has to participate in order for there to be a sports team, a band, a choir, anything like that. So I was all about it and I did all of it. I did everything. I participated in every every single school activity. And I really think that that kind of shaped me to be who I am. And I can tell you that I can play basketball and play volleyball and get on theater and and, and like do all sorts of things. I played the flute for like 10 years. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So goofy. And, but. and so do, it sounds like overall, like you had a really great um, upbringing in, in a small town. Cause sometimes, you know, like the tall girls or, you know, looking a little more awkward than, you know, the normal five, two or whatever it is, sometimes they get bullied and sometimes they get, you know, picked on and stuff like that because they look different Who and they always go on to become these models and actresses and stuff. You didn't deal with that? Uh, no, I, I definitely, it's so funny because I still don't talk to hardly any other gr- girls in my class. Granted, it was really small, but uh, it, when it is a small school like that, it's easier, I feel like, for you to kind of get 
set, you know, kind of segregated or put in a, but I really, naturally I wanted to be friends with everybody. I had a younger brother and, and I always tried to like be the big sister to the girls in his class. And, but right around my junior year is when, I don't know, I maybe started coming into myself. I wasn't really even like, you know, that aware of it. But I think the girls started to get more jealous when I was, you know, like working or doing these pageants. And mm-hmm. I got bullied a lot, actually. I would never come to school at the beginning. Everybody congregated outside before the bell rang. And I never felt comfortable because some of the girls in my class, I feel bad, like, because I wonder how they feel now. I've actually tried to reach out to some of them and really only one girl communicates and she's apologized multiple times. Wow. Oh, wow. um, But yeah, I would get, I would be driving in, in small towns, people like get in little groups and they hang out by the post office or wherever. And then I would drive on the lifeguard and I was driving one time to go uh, do this lifeguard shift and all the girls were standing out there and they were screaming, think, you know, like just random yeah. silly things that high school girls would do that made you feel uncomfortable. So then I started just being friends with the guys and, and I don't know, it just, it was, it was interesting. However, I would never change I would never change any of it. I love being from a small town. I have the most amazing parents in the whole wide world. I was always supported by my teachers. Um, Mrs. Luth was my drama teacher and she really brought out my ability to have a big personality and take it to the stage. Love that. Yeah, I wouldn't change change anything. Even the bullying and the girl catting. I've let that all go. Hopefully. I think it's such an important piece to talk about though, because so many people go through that, right? And I think they come out better and stronger in, in the end. I mean, I think, you know, Becca's had her issues that we've talked about. I've had my issues. Like it's, it's crummy. Girls are so crummy to each other. As I know. And here, each we, other. here we are spreading this movement about girl power, but still there is that like animal instinct in us. I don't know what it is, but I actually used that platform when I was, uh, when I ended up winning Miss Iowa mm-hmm. eventually in my career, uh, career. And, uh, I used the bullying, uh, as one of my platforms and, and just like trying to spread more positivity in the girls because it was a come up. Like, I mean, in high school, a very long time ago, <laughs> uh there there wasn't that it was still all about the boys they were so cool and the girls were still you know so I felt like this woman power is about to change the world and I just really wanted to spread that I love that and you do like I mean Danny you literally are the most beautiful on the inside and out like getting (laughs) to know you has been so incredible and you just like you're the total package (laughs) oh thanks it's so true it's so so true Thanks, Luba. I appreciate that. I think I mean it. Special too. <laughs> uh, I mean it. So now walk us through your how old and you get dropped in New York. And what was that like? Well, I was like 16. I can't remember. How old are you when you're in high school? 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I started working for major designers and your career always starts with runway. And, um, and that's kind of where you get discovered misconceptions, sometimes runway to, oh, it's not always like the most paying, but it definitely gets you noticed by designers. And that's when you get that one-on-one opportunity with them. And yeah, I was able to travel and work in New York, live in Chicago, live in Milan, um, work in Paris, live in Athens, Greece. I worked in India. Um, so I don't know. There's so many stories. There's so okay. So I was going to say, I can tell you all about like living in a model apartment. Yes. Tell us. Crazy. One time when, uh, you know, I could tell so many stories where I even begin. Um, so I had this one roommate who, I don't know why she just did not like me. It was very strange. And I would, we were we wouldn't even go to the same kind of castings together she was very um we just had a totally different look and I was way more commercial at that time and she was very like fashion she was young and but I would make her dinner and like try to make things for her when I was in the kitchen she didn't cook her her dinners and she was so skinny her dinners were gelato every single night that would be her dinner she would go to the convenience store, if she watches, she's going to know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, she would go to the grocery store in Milan and get gelato. And that was her dinner. And I was like, no, honey, like, I know that your body can handle that. But like, I feel like you should totally eat. But in Milano, there's no, we didn't have like an oven or a microwave. Everything is stovetop. So it did get kind of mundane at times to eat over there. But one time after all of this nice things that I was trying to do for her, she started dating this guy, but they were, he was from Poland or something. So they spoke different languages. She was Russian. And so they had to speak in English. And one time I walked in on her talking about me and I was like, I didn't say anything that's not my behavior, but then she moved out on me and I felt the type of way. And I was like, So just little things I've had like holes underneath there's modeling life is not always as glamorous. I had, they tried to cover it up with a rug and the bed, but I had like a hole going in the ground in one of my apartments, like a hole where a bug or a mouse or anything, anything crawly could come up and get up underneath that rug and come visit me in bed. Just like the most craziest things, but then you get the opportunity to travel all over the world and right. work with incredible people. And because right. and you're still in the industry and very active in it, do you feel that things have changed so much from like the days that you would have to like carry around a huge portfolio and go on these go-sees? That's like, that's old. I'm using old verbiage now, like go-sees yeah. where you would have to like, you know, sometimes they, they were in like sketchy areas and like mm-hmm. alleys and stuff. And now it's more like, oh, here's my, here's my Instagram handle. There's my portfolio. Or is it still very in-person? Oh gosh. The industry has changed immensely. I mean, I was using a real map before in countries where I didn't speak the languages. My favorite story ever is one time I was walking around and I was so, I was in Greek. Athens 
and I was walking around and couldn't find my way. And I, I didn't notice, but I was walking in a circle and kept walking by this one store over and over again. And the lady spoke a little English and she stopped me and asked me if I could, if I could use some help. And I was showing her my map and I'm like, I just don't understand. I'm supposed to be here. She's like, oh, your map is upside down. Oh <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to make it. But no maps uh, on your phone, nothing like that. Uh, yes, I have lived in some like very iconic places and sketchy build, like sketchy areas. I always feel like that's sometimes how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like on the non-glamour part of the modeling, but uh, I always thought that, I don't know. I, I always went into situations thinking that I was going to be okay and just to always be on guard, but the modeling industry, not only walking in sketchy areas that you're not familiar with and not speaking the language, I think that there needs to be a space where we talk about like how to protect the girls. I've seen lots of girls be attacked Mm -hmm. on subways just for like their phone or, Mm -hmm. you know, being a beautiful woman and, and, uh, they're just, there needs to be a space where we can talk and teach these girls how to really be aware and conduct themselves and what safe measures we could take. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are put into situations that whole me too movement. It's all about mm-hmm. that. Almost every single girl could tell you almost, and this is sad, you guys. And this is sad. It's sad when almost every single female whether you've had an incredible career or you're just kind of like starting off, every single one of us has had a weird experience, yeah. like creepy experience. Yeah. This is insane that we are like having to endure this kind of behavior for something that we are like trying to do as a passion and a job. It's a job. Like, yeah. come on. You, it's a body. Like, yeah. we see them everywhere we go. And then, oh, I could go into it. Like, so it's, there, there definitely needs to be that uh, more of a conversation on how to keep everybody safe. And, and mm-hmm. that's what, not even in the fashion industry, you know? Like, Almost every industry. It's terrible. So where are you now? Are you still doing a lot of fashion shoots? I know you work with Deluxe Version Magazine. Um, Did you approach, do you now in your career approach brands and try to like scout them out or designers or photographers or who you want to work with? Or do they find you? What does that look like now with social media? Yeah. So going back to that question, also that Luba, that question kind of correlates together is that, um, back in, when I first started my career, I really needed my agents. Um, I needed them to help me find those clients now that I've been, and I still use my agencies. Um, they, you know, they reach out to me with a ton of jobs, but, uh, in this day and age, they also know that it's hard to be exclusive and in Las Vegas, we do not have to be exclusive Amazing. and I can work with everybody and I don't have to go through an agency and a lot of work presents itself, um, by my reputation. And, and that's another thing is I really don't have that many followers. 
mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I feel like I, I don't like. Lots, girl. I mean, there it's a lot, but compared to some of these yeah. Yeah, influencers, they have a ton of followers. I don't even have ten thousand followers, but I feel like um, this is where it gets like when I said I get weirded out talking about. <laughs> It's easier to ho- like interview somebody else, but yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like with my reputation and what I bring to the table, it's um, yeah, jobs are read more readily available to me, and I'm so blessed for that. And I feel like I don't have to have that humongous following for uh, my name to get around to mm-hmm. somebody eventually. And I think that is all about being super genuine and being yourself, really finding your niche in the industry. I think that's what, if I could give some good advice, it's really like trying to find what you feel confident and like, I just don't feel comfortable posting um, like, you know, a lot, a lot of body mm-hmm. and I got a lot of body, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been, I, I mean, sometimes I'll post like a swimsuit and things like that because that's what we, we live in a desert. <laughs> and, um, but I have, I really got into like honing down on my niche, which was more that high-end luxury brand. And once I found that and found, and that was because I liked the tons of jewelry. Usually I'm wearing a ton of jewelry and I liked that really glammy. That's like my pageant coming back into play. Right. And so, and that is very found in like high fashion and, and high end clients. So once I found that that is where my, I'm really going to take off, that's when everything started to like come to me. So clients know not to ask me typically, they never do like anything, you know, that wouldn't fit my brand. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, yes, okay, going back also, I talk a lot. <laughs> no, no, this, this is, is good. good. Uh, another, another part of your question was Deluxe Version Magazine. Yes. And yes, I'm one of our uh, media director. I mean, I am our media director and an image consultant on the team. Uh, Tim Hancock is our publisher. I always have to give credit to him because he's really the genius behind everything. And uh yeah, so he approached me when I had started transitioning into my hosting career, and he proposed the idea that we do like a media side of the magazine, and that's where I came on board, and we now do an Instagram Live on Fridays, yeah. and Luba was one of my guests. Thank you. She's one of my favorite. She's my favorite interview. I just really thought it was so powerful and moving mm-hmm. and inspirational. And so, and we do that. And I uh, interview all sorts of people, entrepreneurs, business people, lawyers, doctors, uh, TV personnel. And I just really want, we've got a lot of things in the making. We're working on a ton of different projects that I'm so excited to really launch. And that will be coming soon. And um, yeah, so. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, well, I have all these questions for you and we can do like a bit of a speed round for them. Or if you want to stop and like talk about certain points, I'm so open to to listening to it. 
because I think you have so much to share. Um, and you've like, you've done every, anything from like commercials to like a cover of like a romance novel to like <laughs> high-end designers to mm-hmm. hosting and interviewing and runway. There's so, so much. So who is your favorite model of all time? Oh, Linda Evangelista. Ooh, Canadian. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And, and why would you say? Okay, so one point in my career, the one thing I love about my career, which is totally my personality, is that everybody loved to change my hair. On my very first shoot, very first shoot, <laughs> I was a little girl and they were like, mm, let's give you bangs. And they cut wow. these straight bangs for my very, very first shoot. And then from there, I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. So one point in my career, I had really short red hair. That's why I love your red hair, Luba. And when I was in Milan, I don't know how many, I would get booked so much because they loved this red, short, edgy hair. And I would walk into castings and everybody would say that I looked like if Linda, Linda Evangelista or, and David Bowie had Oh, I love that. (laughs) But girl, I would get mistaken from, I would get mistaken for Linda Evangelista. I was working at Saks one time and this lady thought I was her because I was all glammed up in this Mm. like fur coat and all, you know, Saks just had you all decked out. And she came over and she's like, oh, Linda Evangelista. And I was like, no, no, no. I get that all the time. Linda was a lot older than me. (laughs) Not a lot, but she was like, the generation before me yeah. and and that's why I looked up to her too you know because I watched her career and I tried to tell this woman multiple times that I was not Linda Evangelista and eventually she had to be escorted out by our security because she was so upset with me and told me how she really felt about celebrities not uh <laughs> like taking photos I, I was gonna take a photo <laughs> ask me that but she's so they escorted her out and I was oh like, do God. I need to show an ID? Oh, now, and now she's got the worst story about Linda. <laughs> right? You have a bad story? No, I was going to say now she's got the worst story about Linda Evangelista because. Oh, I know. You know oh, she must I have met her. And reach out to Linda and tell her that if she ever had this crazy fan, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite brand? What? No. <laughs> To work with oh, or to no. wear? To wear. Lose. Okay. Or to work. Oh God, that's good too. Okay. To like with. to work in, like to work. Cause I don't always wear like every, all the time. What was like when you were doing runway, what was your favorite high-end luxury brand? Yeah. So I love loud things. I, I and I love, you know, like anything fun and uh, expressive. I really love Etro. It's a very cool show that I've done and they have really neat pieces. Uh, Roberta Cavalli is really sexy and uh, always a fun show. Um, oh shoot, I could Pucci. I love Pucci. Mm. Oh my gosh, I die for Pucci. It's just so many. There's so many. But then I also love like Ralph Lauren is mm. just so classy. But I like to mix things like that. Like I like to do a really beautiful basic something and then and then make it fun somehow. Love it. Um, what was your favorite country to live in? I just had 
too much fun in Greece. It never <laughs> felt like we were working. Right. And we kind of, I mean, we were, but it was, it was just so much, we just had so much fun in Greece. It's right on the Mediterranean. We, there would be parties on yachts, um, just like the best food. And there you would just drive like an hour outside and be on another little island or like beach somewhere and the boats that you would take all the island hopping and the vibe man for such a poor country they have the most amazing hospitality I don't think I ever paid for a coffee Grecian coffee is underrated uh, it's so good <laughs> and I don't know yeah Greece okay I had a blast Perfect. favorite color uh, blue okay uh, one piece of makeup that you can't live without. Well, I, I'm a blonde, natural blonde. And like, I have no, I, I do have lots of eyelashes, but they're very blonde. My eyebrows are very blonde. Yeah. Get that. And so like anything to kind of accentuate those, uh, I have to tell you, I had this ex one time and I showed up, he answered my, my door and I had no makeup on. He's like, Where'd your eyebrows go? (laughs) (laughs) So, but now like we like tint them and stuff. So you're not like completely naked, but yeah, I can't, I have to have mascara in my eyebrows, like a little darkened because I'm Swedish. (laughs) No, there you go. Okay. Um, Let's see. How tall are you? Mm. I'm six foot with no shoes on. Woo, girl. Oh, that's tall. That is so tall. Oh my God. So crazy. That was my little <laughs> roundup that I wanted to fire at you. So that's some really good, good information on who you are and your favorite things. Um, what is a piece of advice for someone that wants to get into the industry that you would offer? Yeah, I think right now it's all about really finding your brand. Uh, like I kind of said previously uh with social media it's really like how you present yourself and what you want the world to see and I know that sometimes it's difficult because we only put our happy times um sometimes unless you're me and you just go crazy and just (laughs) I love I love that you're very honest out there so you know I and I've done the same thing and I think Becca's done it as well like there's a good and bad side to life right Yes, sometimes bring awareness. Exactly. And sometimes things need to be said as long as it's true. You know, you have to speak your truth and and some things do need to be said. So, but I think that um, for the most part, like really brand yourself on how you want to see your future. You know, if Mm -hmm. I really, I really want to manifest this beautiful joyous life with all the gorgeous luxury amenities so that's kind of how I I started branding myself at a young age that that's what I was going to really push for in my life amazing that's incredible but I'm not materialistic y'all I know that sounds like materialistic I love much more things I dance under the moon I manifest all day long uh, you know, like I really try to bring that spiritual side into my life and in my daughter, my daughter's life. And, uh, so it's, I don't care about the materialistic things. I do love 
you know, the nice, the finer things in life. Yeah. But I'm like, I come from such a humble background and I feel like that's really where my, my soul is, or maybe not, maybe it's in a billion dollar mansion and I don't know it yet. <laughs> you're allowed to have both. I think you're allowed to love the finer things in life, right? As long as you're a good human. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Good. Right. Um, so you mentioned your daughter. Um, and I know that Lennon is getting into a little bit of modeling herself. How do you feel about that? Because something I've always asked people like in your industry is because people have had a hard time in it and it is, it's glamorous on the outside, but it's also really dark on, on the background that people don't see. Um, would you allow your daughter to, to model act and how do you support them? Right. So I know I talked a little bit about the nitty gritty earlier and in the modeling industry, and we didn't even scratch the surface. I do think that there's more positive things that come out of that. Uh, But previously, like I said, we really need to find a safe space where we can educate these girls to just be safer in these countries alone. And, um, but I think that with my background and how many years of experience I have, I would hope that I could bring some of that knowledge to Lennon, my daughter. And, you know, right now she's three and a half and the agencies have been talking about getting her more involved. Uh, And I've, we've been approached multiple times, but she's not quite old enough. They prefer like four, you know, she's still kind of all over the place, but she's so she loves it. There was a time where I didn't know if she would like it at all. She could care less about pictures, but man, she's really grown into her personality recently. And she she was just in a commercial for Cowabunga Bay here in Las Vegas. And when I tell you that that commercial comes on, on her iPad constantly, and she just freaks out running around the house and she's just so proud of herself. And she had a blast doing it. And I think that she would just, I don't know. I think she's my child too. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think she would just eat it up. If she's anything like me, I don't know. She, I'm going to support her and no matter what she wants to do, unless it's something that I don't want her to do. Right. (laughs) Right. Okay. So does that make sense? So it's like a long answer. No, absolutely. (laughs) But on that topic, let's, let's talk about some other stuff here. I remember in like, the nineties, Claudia Schiffer was, had this stance and I don't know if she like stood by it the entire time that she refused to do any nude modeling. Like she would not do anything Mm -hmm. that was topless or anything like that. What is your stance on that? Did it change over the years and were you open to it depending on the job? Like, would you ever do Playboy or have you done Playboy or? I have never done Playboy. I've been approached to do that. And that's like, I, I think that Playboy has changed a lot in its, in its uh, longevity in the publication world. Um, I think that they're really trying to change. I don't know much about Playboy now, but I think that they're, they were trying to change that image of mm-hmm. being like a dirty knight or a naughty. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. that a lot of these women probably are aspiring to become like beyond Playboy. You know, right. I just, I always kind of thought about it. Like I would never want my dad to see me do. Right. I don't know. Isn't that kind of a weird feeling? I don't know. That's just like my personal, I don't judge 
for sure. I want, I can't judge somebody's upbringing. Not everybody, you know, like had the same opportunities. So I don't, in this lifetime that I'm experiencing right now, my direction was always kind of to, I mean, I've taken, I don't know how to, I'm take, like taking my thing, you know, like we're not going to get rated R, but you know, like show some skin yeah. and still be beautiful, but I've never posed nude for mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. So, I love that. and however, I do think that some photography is really beautiful. You'll catch me liking like nudes on mm-hmm. Instagram. It has to be done in like a tasteful way. My, that for me to really love it. Yeah. But yeah, I love that. And I love that you're able to, you know, set that standard for yourself that this is what you will do in your career and you won't do in your career. Because I think sometimes when people get into the industry, they feel that they have no choice to make those boundaries or people on the dark side of it, make them feel that this is just normal and you have to come in and take your clothes off or whatever that might look like. So I think that's beautiful that you, that you said that. I just, I, yeah, I, I feel like that's where I feel like that's where sometimes we would get taken advantage of if you're young and naive and you don't have a chaperone on set or something like that. And other influences around you are encouraging you to take and they might have alternate motives behind it. And um, to me, I just, yeah, I just always thought about my dad. I mean, well, my dad. Yeah, I think I that's not what my for dad people from like. your small town, like your yeah. high school classmates. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They don't, I don't know. No. Perfect. I get that too. Just while we're on the topic of Playboy, I'm looking for her name, but there's actually a photographer local to Vancouver right. and she just shot a model for Playboy and it is Playboy's most liked yeah. photo on their Instagram ever. But during the photo shoot, so it was an all female team and during oh, the photo what? shoot, the photographer, I've got, I've got to find her name, she was nude as well to make the model feel more comfortable. So she shot the set and everyone else was naked too. So it was just like normal. And I love that. And I don't think men have that same like energy or like- But they better not be showing up naked on anybody's (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, and I don't think- Isn't that so- I don't know how to feel about that. I think it's very interesting. I've never- I don't know how I would, I don't know how I would feel if I had a whole set full of naked people. I think I might <laughs> yeah. feel more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. For this I model, don't know. it helped listen, her. Listen, we ha- are exploring human beings and until you like really, I don't know, like I'm open for everything. I believe in equality and I just, I don't know how I feel right now. I'm thinking about it and I think I might feel uncomfortable, but who knows? You might get in a situation, have a glass of champagne and it might be totally like Mm -hmm. way more relaxing. Yeah. And it wasn't a huge team. I think it was like four people in total (laughs) because of COVID. Um, But I just, yeah, she shared that story behind the photo and I thought that was so interesting. And maybe that's why I got the most likes ever too. (laughs) I mean, that could definitely help. I also think that like men don't think that way. 
right? Mm. So it came from like a different perspective of, you know, comfort. Like, would you, would you want this? Would you? Well, let's hope be- that men are not inspired to do the same thing. Yeah. I don't think it would be the same effect. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, talk to me about diet and exercise. Cause your figure is insane. And is it just jeans or are you on the stair climber every day? Uh, so it's jeans, it's jeans. <laughs> I, I don't know. It could have, I mean, I definitely do work out as much as I took a long time after I took almost three years off after I had linen. Um, but I did bounce back pretty fast and I'm vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian basically my entire life. I think being involved in sports when I was really young as well, maybe muscle memory and just being super athletic and having tons of energy. Uh, but yeah, I'm vegetarian. I, I have my vices, man. I had two chocolate puddings last night before I went to bed and it wasn't two hours before I went to bed. It was like 20 minutes before. I went to bed. And I just can't, I also have this really strange I thought it was strange until I actually heard it into another podcast. I have this theory that I think other people might also believe in that if you, in moderation, if you intake the food and you are eating it with the intentions that this is what my body actually needs. And instead of depriving it and having that vibration as well, when I'm eating it, my body needs this. I need that like balance, sugar, whatever it is, and not have this weird, guilty mm-hmm. storm over your head about, oh, I just ate pudding. I think that that's a vibration. Like we are all vibrating. And, mm-hmm. and so that maybe that's why um, that I don't, I never feel guilty about anything that I eat, but I don't, mm-hmm. don't like eat horribly. Right. Know? So do you like, do you diet though? Or do you you just, so whatever you want, I, I heard this on, I think I was on TikTok last night or something. And someone, someone else was talking about this, about like, we have to let go of this like diet and I can't have this and I'm not going to have this piece of cake or I'm not going to have a bite of this. Mm -hmm. And it's all about manifesting for what your body needs and it's okay. And not beating yourself up after I literally, I heard this just the other day. So I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. I also love all these women out there that are so um, bringing awareness to how posing in photos makes a humongous difference in the way we look. Sometimes sometimes I look at my body when I pose and I'm like, that is not how I look. You know, I just have worked on my angles for so many years. And uh, I love these women who are putting the side by side pictures of their body when they're posed and flexing compared to when they're like normal every day and it's a humongous difference yeah, it is. yeah for sure so I, I love that and um but yeah I like going to the gym I just started recently again uh less than like maybe six you know COVID really put a damper on a lot of stuff yeah. but mm-hmm. um yeah I've really gotten back into I don't know my goals are to get a booty for okay. sure well, I got I got some I can give you <laughs> You know, it's so funny because my generation, we grew up and then I started modeling really young. And when you're a model, you don't have a butt. 
nope, no booty. And I was, I played sports too. So I kind of had a, a figure, I guess. And the agencies were always so hard on me about, and I really don't even think I have a butt. Right. But <laughs> so they, that was always kind of this self-conscious thing about don't do the Stairmaster, don't do the elliptical, your butt is going to grow bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, do other things, Pilates and yoga and those type of things to lean you out. But now I'm all about trying to do some squats and, and uh, yeah, this is like my new journey to, mm-hmm. uh, as a woman. So yeah. has it changed in the industry now that butts is like more desirable and sought after with the Kardashians and Nicki Minaj and that kind of the last 10 years? I think it definitely depends on what part of the industry you're in. Uh, like, you know, fitness, you obviously have to have a a really toned figure or at least, you know, like a, I shouldn't even say that because some of the, you know, sports illustrated is really um, showcasing girls who have real bodies. And I Mm -hmm. think in the fitness world, not everybody is ripped and tiny. You know, Mm -hmm. some of these workout girls have amazing bodies, but they, you know, don't resemble like shape magazine or something, you know, how that Mm -hmm. image Um, Mm -hmm. so it depends on what part of the industry you're in. And I think if you're looking to do like runway, they start uh, uh, the girls very young, they start at like 14. And by then you really like 16, 14, you know, so young. Mm -hmm. And by then you hardly even have a body. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, but that you don't really want a booty because the clothes are small. Yeah. They're small. They're like a size two. And, and every, it's this called a sample size mm-hmm. and you have to fit into that sample size and they're not going to pull. If you're a four or a six, they're not going to go into the store and pull you a four or a six. You have to fit into this one size sample. And so, yeah. Amazing. What was one of your favorite shoots that you ever worked on that you remember that you were just like, Wow. Or if there was a designer that you were like, wow, they picked me, like. I think, well, Bright was a really nice one. (laughs) This is a paid advertisement. (laughs) Good job, baby girl. Uh, I have my babysitter here and I sent them down. I'm so scorching hot. I was like, I'm surprised they stayed out that long. Um, they just walked in, they were having squirt gun fights. Nice. Nice. Um, favorite photo shoot. Yes. I loved uh, my bright campaign. It was so fun and beautiful. I really loved that. And it was so great to work with your team, Muba. Thank you. But we gotta, we gotta stop meeting like this, you know, virtually. So like disclaimer here, you and I have never met in person. I know we have, we've got like an online relationship. Yes, (laughs) It's real. It's real. y'all. This is real, real feelings and everything. Luba, you're so sweet. Oh my gosh. Like, honestly, you were sending me these amazing inspirational quotes and memes and all this stuff to lift me up when I was going through a hard time. And little did I know that you were going through your own battle as well. And I had no idea. And gosh I mean how could you not love you from like if this is who you are from a distance and through the computer and like our phones 
I cannot wait to build our relationship outside of that. And soon girl, so I'll be there soon. Yes. <laughs> I, I look forward to that. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. We were kind yeah. of talking about that earlier. So I'm, I'm very excited, but uh, yes, the bright campaign was gorgeous. I've done so many. I should have, I knew these were going to be, this is what I'm telling you. Like I'm so used to preparing for the other person that I'm, <laughs> I should have wrote down things that I knew maybe you would ask me. Well, um, I just, you know, you've got, you've got so many years in the industry to pull mm-hmm. from. Like, how do you even pick a favorite? I know. And it's becoming such a, a blur. I forget some of the things. And, and the one thing that I have to say too, is like in the modeling industry, it's weird, but we don't always get footage or our photos back. Or like, sometimes I would do shoots and things overseas and then I would leave because you're only on a three-month contract. And by that time, that's how long it takes to get a campaign out and rolling and everything. So I'm never there to see it. Yeah. And yeah. now that we're living in a more digital age, things are being captured that way. Mm. A lot of great things that happened in my career, I feel like I lost somehow and don't mm. always. So then I forget of things. But um Oh my gosh, I've been to some of the most beautiful locations in the world and shot with some incredible designers, big designers, small designers always really impress me. I love watching mm. them grow. I have a girlfriend right now. We just shot a campaign for her. Um, her name is Lashanza and it ended up becoming huge and on the cover of uh, Malvid magazine. Wow. And, and the whole message was so beautiful, you know, so working with these talented, creative, creative people and getting to explore their vision Mm. is really fascinating to me. And so Mm. I can't name just, I'm going to think of one and I'm like, Oh, that's it. Right. Too many. You've had such such great experiences, which is so nice to hear. And I want to really support all of these small businesses. So I, I, I want to like, because I think that's where, unfortunately, with social media, we've ratted out a lot of these big designers. And I give credit to a lot of them because I work in that realm the most. Mm. But we give credit to all these big designers for coming up with these ideas and later find out that they're these small designers that get taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see that happen anymore. There's such, so much, like, humans are so much there's so much, you know, like, Mm -hmm. why would we steal from these people who are dying to be like you? Right. Yeah. Right. And so I really want to uh, pay respect to those small businesses that are being creative on their own and getting out there and hustling. And I can't wait to watch them all grow. So all of those, like my friends that I work for and with their businesses, that's what I honestly, girls, that's what I want to do. I want to have my own TV show and this is what I manifest all the time. I want to have my own TV show where I can spread positivity and joy and share with people and their stories and hopefully make a difference in their lives and in the people who watch. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, yeah. So I think yeah. you would be incredible mm-hmm. at that. Thanks. We're working on it. We're working on something. We're working on something. Amazing. So um, I know that you talked about just briefly on like um, people like 
smaller designers that get taken advantage of and their ideas get stolen and stuff. I have to put out there if you guys have not seen it and he was a huge name eventually, but he started out very small. If you guys have seen the Ewan McGregor Netflix about Halston. Oh no, I haven't seen that. It shook me. Like I literally had to take an Ativan to go to bed. I was so upset about the entire story. Like it was devastating, but it's, he does such an incredible job um, performing as Halston. Like if you've seen interviews or anything of Halston back in the day, Ewan McGregor did such an incredible job and it's, it's such, it's such a great story. It's sad, but it's really great on, you know, someone just wanting to do what they love and what a corporation can actually do to a brand. It's insane. So watch it. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I wish that small businesses had more power and it's crazy to, to see all these stories of, big corporations being ratted out (laughs) right yeah so one other question for you why Vegas when LA and New York have I I think and I could be wrong possibly so much more opportunity is it again because you can pick and choose what you want to do yeah so I actually my mom just posted a memory on Facebook today of this so I had no vision of moving to Las Vegas. Although I did have a dog who she's still here. She's sleeping in the corner here. Um, I do have a Shih Tzu who, before I moved here, um, I named Vegas. And, and, uh, so it must've been in my, the stars that I was going to be here anyway, because I manifested it with my dog. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, Sorry, I got distracted. I have somebody at the door, but my sitter's here. Thank goodness for help. <laughs> um, so why Vegas? Okay, so I was actually competing here in a pageant called Miss Earth. And I haven't done very many pageants, but Miss Earth had such a great um, like concept. It's all about plant, like making the planet green and, and, uh, doing all that. And I had a recycling program at the time. And so I really wanted to compete in that. And it was here in Vegas. And when I was here competing, I met so many different people and Vegas was kind of going through a recession. It was in 2009 and it was one of the hardest hit cities in the United States. And, But the way that I heard people talking about Las Vegas, it was just, they really wanted to see Vegas turn around. There were so many homes and condos that were going for incredibly cheap. (laughs) And they just built an international airport. Oh, wow. And the models were still working here. So I... I looked into it and I, you know, the housing market was really affordable and I just kind of went for it. I'm an Aries. I am like so impulsive. Okay. If I have one good energy vibe come over me and I think that's a great idea, I'm going for it. Amazing. And I moved out here and it was like the best decision of my life. I freaking love Las Vegas so much. And I've been able to just hop on a plane here and it's so accessible to get here. 
there's so mm-hmm. many flights coming in and out. It's so easy. Yeah. My clients can book me and I'm out of, out of town within, you know, 24 hours. Right. And it's so easy to live here. We have the best restaurants. We have the best entertainment. The weather's a little hot, but I have a cool. And I don't know. This city's so cool to me. I've had, I've met some of the best people in my whole life here in Las Vegas and everybody comes and visits you. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, you are an incredible guest. You're an incredible human. You're an incredible model, actress, host, all of the things. Thank you so much for being a guest with us. I just want to give some information out so people can start following you on social. So you are under I am Danny Reeves and that's with an I. So it's I am D-A-N-I-R-E-E-V-E-S. And do you want to just give a shout out to Vegas Magazine as well? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we Deluxe Version Magazine. Uh, You can follow all of the things that we do here in Las Vegas and a little bit in LA as well. uh, Deluxe Version Magazine on Instagram. And um, yeah, you can catch my interviews there with all sorts of incredible people in our area. And yeah, if you guys want to learn more about the magazine, you can go to our website. There's a link there. And uh, yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for listening. Becca, where can they find us? You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can just search between both cheeks and we'll come up. We have the video versions of the podcast on YouTube. You just search between both cheeks. It's under the wax hair removal bar channel, but it still comes up if you search between both cheeks and you can follow us on social media at between both cheeks. Between both cheeks. (laughs) Such a funny name.